0: okay cameron okay here it is i'm i got four hours of sleep last night i'm pumped full of antibiotics killing all the good beasties inside of me i'm hopped up on a veritable smorgasbord of cocktails of drugs i'm constipated from my cheeks to my cheeks let's fucking do this yeah (laughs) yeah
1: It's been a hard couple days <laughs>
0: oh, no. hey welcome to think outside the box set it's the internet's only outrage machine slash hot take machine i'm nathan hunt and i'm cameron dewitt it is the start
2: of it's the start it's a good place I, to bl- I believe we're counting this as season 22 because wow. we had two very short seasons. Uh, season 20 is is the Little Nas X season, but there's only one mm-hmm. album. And then season right. 21 is the Billie Eilish season, but mm-hmm. there's only two albums. So we're covering those discographies in real time. And that is why we're skipping straight to season 22, which is season 22, covering Grace the music Jones. of Grace Jones. Yes. Yeah. Why, why are we talking Jones? about Grace Jones?
0: I w- I'm interested in her. I'm curious. Um, I I was aware of her as uh, sort of an icon um, uh, slash boogeyman for like uh, the Reagan uh, political types, uh, the moral majorities, because uh, she's a, a very tall uh, b- Jamaican black woman who don't take no shit, uh, who also is very into like gender bending and being like very angular and uh kind like you know masculine presenting and um just very like scary to suburban white like sure. churchgoers um sure. but also just like kind of this countercultural icon and uh she had achieved like some notoriety and fame in the 80s she dated Dolph Lundgren she was hanging around with like tons of other like musicians and famous people and stuff. But uh, I had no idea what her music was like.
2: Yeah. That's kind of like what we do on the show is we take the public image and say, how does this compare to the specific piece of art that is the studio album Mm -hmm. and the studio album? It's like, what do you do with as many takes as you're able to get? Presumably. And mm-hmm. what is the actual curated statement that you're trying to make? It's very different mm-hmm. than being a live musician or a live album or a live performance uh, because mm-hmm. you're. It's it's supposed to be the culmination of a bunch of ideas and work, which is really right. funny to think about because so many of the studio albums that we've covered on this podcast are just so bad
0: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
2: exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, and poorly conceived and um i don't think this album is great <laughs> but i am it's very, not amazing no <laughs> i'm very curious to see where this goes uh and to see yeah. if there is any there are hints here of mm-hmm. a of some musical substance that might be able to at some point in her musical. I mean, there's 10 albums and the latest one is what? 2008. Uh, So it's going to be a longer season.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Also one thing I forgot to mention just now, uh, she was in a couple high profile films. Uh, She, she was in Conan, the destroyer acting with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then she was in the James Bond movie A View to kill um, where I believe she has like a very short, narrow mohawk uh if if her appearance wasn't already scary enough (laughs) for white folks (laughs) for family values types
2: (laughs) okay have you seen the internet blow up about nancy reagan recently you mentioned yes
0: she's the throat goat everyone's saying
2: (laughs) (laughs) i had i had to look this up because i was on tiktok and i was just like every third tiktok is about nancy reagan and about sex and i don't know why Mm -hmm. apparently some like biography was released that had a chapter in it that talked about nancy reagan's uh reputation for being an exquisite philator.
0: an enthusiastic
2: and prolific (laughs) philatrix in in hollywood Mm mm-hmm Which, um, I always feel complicated about, (laughs) about making fun of people for this kind of thing, because it's like, let's make it clear Mm -hmm. the issue the the reason we're making fun of her is because she's a fucking hypocrite and she was the first lady to one of the worst presidents ever, maybe the worst president ever, arguably, possibly, possibly, arguably, um, we've had some pretty bad ones. We've had some really—it's a bad job,
0: and no one. should uh, sorry, we have. We also have a bad one. Still. Yeah. <laughs> we we you used to, and we still do too. If you could, if you could uh,
2: tell Joe Byron right now one thing, what would it be? Hey, baby, give me a kiss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thanks for uh, for giving fifty thousand of my student loans, like you promised you would. Yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> He always comes through for the little guy. Wait a tease. Anyway, uh,
2: yeah, the criticism is that Reagan Reaganism like represents like a wh- what's the word for this like a um, an overcorrection, a response to
0: a backlash,
2: a backlash. Thank you. A reactionary and,
0: movement. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and like all this family value stuff. This is like. When focus on the family, I think kind of got its start, and mm-hmm. this is a, around the time that peep, that conservatives
0: decided that abortion was actually an issue, and yeah, the segregation issue voters... was starting to be, become like slightly too controversial. And so they're like, "What well, can we just slot neatly into this same category? Let's just do abortion, guys, huh?" Yeah,
2: we've always <laughs> been we've always been pro-choice, you know, up until this point, de facto pro-choice. But like, let's mm-hmm. go ahead and pretend like this is what we thought the whole time (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah and fast Um, forward to uh (laughs) fast forward to i don't know a couple weeks ago uh to thanksgiving and uh my uncle is almost died of covid because he didn't get vaccinated because he thought that there were fetuses in the vaccines which isn't true Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes uh so that era thanks Reagan. Of, of conservatism <laughs> is
1: mm-hmm. why <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: exactly. anyway uh she's she's a good good blowjobs
1: yeah
0: yeah which i think is good great for her yeah I'm i mean that, that is it. something to be proud of <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of I mean, like it's, it's, it's kind of like do. people you know mocking lindsey graham for being supposedly gay or something in a closet it's like We, we, you gotta like, uh, 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 what's not split hairs. What's the, um, thread the needle is the phrase I was looking for. You gotta thread the needle between like sounding like a completely bigoted, like, uh, gay hater. Uh, or just like calling someone out for their just rank hypocrisy.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's such a fine line between, saying like Trump probably has a tiny penis and this is why he's acting this way. Uh, and having a tiny penis is something to be ashamed of, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
0: I would even argue that that one specifically is, mm, doesn't have as much of a a line at all between them.
2: Well, I guess the point I'm making is like, it, it makes sense to the whole, like, is he compensating for something, you know, like a guy Mm -hmm. with a big truck or something, I think the rhetorical purpose of that isn't to say, well, he's probably actually worthless in bed. I don't think that's actually <laughs> the point. I think the mm-hmm. point is saying this is a person that is trying to assert power because he feels weak and scared. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is a powerful rhetorical point. Is just that I think a lot of people who make that rhetorical point also think that it's bad and
0: embarrassing to have a tiny penis. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's it's probably more likely he feels uh, ashamed and embarrassed and weak because uh, of the diapers he wears. Um, but you know what? Rich people, they grow up in privilege. They're just pampered all their lives. What can you do? Uh, Grace Jones, everybody. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. <laughs> this She was born in 1948 in Jamaica in Spanish town. Uh, this album came out in 1977. So what is that? Uh, she's about thir- almost 30. Is that right? Yeah. That's uh, um, the Star Wars year, right? Isn't that 77? Oh, I think... I thought it was 77, but I I thought maybe, like, some people say 76. Maybe it, like, came out in... 70- yeah, 1977. Oh, it was originally slated for release on Christmas '76. Okay. okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. So that is that is the Star Wars year. Um, we should talk about, was about to change what
2: happened in the year of this album's release to talk about the cultural moment. <gasps> that's right. We used to do that, didn't we? That was a segment when we were trying to figure out what the show was about. But then yeah. we kept covering people who were active in the overlapping 90s.
0: the same years yeah
2: <laughs> and then we stopped doing that but we should at least say grace jones released her first album when
0: star wars happened apple computer is incorporated that year okay. um drawn all the connections it's all jimmy connected. carter is sworn in as the 39th president the next day he pardons vietnam war draft evaders oh, that's pretty good I'm yeah pretty into that's that. that's a baller <laughs> move Oh, the Sancho Pompidou is opened. I've been there. So,
2: so this album is uh seven tracks. Uh it's short. It's all disco.
1: hmm Uh
2: a lot of the it's disco so in disco. it doesn't even include Grace singing. Uh yes. there are It's a lot of instrumental stuff. Yeah, there, and and kind of empty instrumental stuff. Uh and the worst parts of that, I would argue, are in the first the first side of the album,
0: which is a disco uh, medley,
2: <laughs> it's a disco medley, but which is, should be great. But it's all um, it's all sh- like show tunes <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. or show tune adjacent. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Yeah. So the album, in my opinion, doesn't really get good or interesting until the end and until, until like the, maybe the fifth track, which is the first original track where the instrumentation mm-hmm. and the aesthetic isn't just disco, but also the idiom is disco. Mm-hmm. The writing is in a disco idiom. You can hear it in the chord progression and Grace Jones sounds a lot more comfortable singing in, in that idiom too. Her singing is pretty bad in the first half mm. of the album. And I think it's great in the last three tracks. And I think it's because Mm -hmm. she's trying to, I don't think she knows what she's, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't sound like she knows what she's doing or she's doing anything with conviction. It doesn't seem like she knows how to sing show tunes at this point in her career. Uh, Or at least she doesn't know how to sing disco arrangements of show tunes. Right. Because I, and who can fucking blame her why
0: <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> <album? laughs> yeah I, that's a very odd goal to have <laughs> yeah um yeah this is it's also this is worth noting uh that this is before she starts uh collaborating with Jean-Paul Goud, uh who she had a relationship with uh like per- personally as well uh who helped her sort of craft her aesthetic and her image in terms of like modeling or Um, there's like some famous photos of her that he, um, uh, photographed or composited. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's tough to talk about. I I'll I'll find, we'll put some links in show notes to a couple of the like really iconic Grace Jones photos. Um, uh, because it's, it's difficult to talk about in a auditory medium. Um, but let's see if I can send a few. your. Yeah.
2: The photos are pretty striking. Yes. And just uh, different <laughs> different than other aesthetics going on at the time. Yes. Um, let's see. Are you, are you dropping search. that in the chat during recording or something? Yeah. Okay, great.
0: Um, uh, oh, yes. This is the one I was thinking of. The, a copy of this link. I'll send it your way. Chat during recording. Here we go. Um, I wonder if I can just drag it right into Discord. Maybe not copy image oh, oh there wow. it is. i've
2: never i haven't seen this one
0: yes so this, this is incredible is, it's an incredible photo it's it's like it's like looking at uh like a classical sculpture of some kind uh, grace jones is balancing on her left foot she's wearing uh nothing except a band of cloth across her breasts her left knee and uh white band of cloth around her uh left shin she's has a microphone stretched way out in front of her and she is using uh she's twisting around so that her right leg is lifted up to shoulder height and her left arm is going out to reach it um
2: yeah she seems to be greased up as well
0: yes and 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 completely shaven Mm -hmm. now i'll drop this other link in i'll drop this other image in the chat
2: oh oh what is what are we looking at here
0: this is how jean paul good did it it's a highly composited and like airbrushed and um doctored up photo interesting so yeah what she's doing is not physically possible
2: (laughs) oh wow okay yeah
0: (laughs) or maybe if she was a contortionist perhaps um yeah yeah
2: it seems wow that's amazing um well there's not actually links in here so i don't know how to how to well the second
0: one i tried to paste as a link (laughs) well maybe i can um there's that classic one with her with the um the
2: like flat top and the cigarette and she's wearing a suit with no shirt underneath
0: mm -hmm. amazing god discord just insists on converting All these... Ah. Don't they know we're trying to post
2: learning links here? We're trying to post learning links here. Come on. I can, I can actually find, find the links. Uh. Oh, uh, oh. I'll turn off no, that setting. The links are there we dis- go. The, the links are to Discord app. I'm leaving all this in.
0: I turned, <laughs> I turned off the, the setting to, to automatically download the images. So okay, you should great. be able to see the links now. Um, or maybe you need to turn off that setting as well. Anyway, um, yeah, she... I think there's a certain like uh, um, evocation of like Josephine Baker to some of these images,
1: hmm. um,
0: as well. Um, Speak on that. Yeah, Josephine Baker was a uh, a visual and performance artist in Paris, most famously in the 1920s, who uh, was black and moved to Paris because she got really fed up with uh, how. Fucking racist the U.S. was, and she um, achieved a lot of fame and notoriety and uh, acclaim in Paris, um, doing these shows uh, that very much like emphasized her physical body and how she used it and posed it huh. and danced, and a lot of it was like kind of problematic. I mean, one of the, her most famous routine involved her um, like topless dancing in in a skirt made of bananas um yeah yeah so that's not you know necessarily um i mean i don't know whose idea that was if she was you know using it to make commentary or if someone else like talked her into it i have no idea the circumstances um but yeah she i mean it is explicitly grounded in her like heritage and her blackness and her physicality which is something that uh i don't i mean it's like still controversial you know yeah um to this day um yeah and actually i'm looking at like other jean paul good photos that feature people other than grace jones and they feel even more evocative of um of, uh, Josephine Baker.
2: Was he, was he, um, involved
0: at all in the music? Um, I don't know actually. Yeah. I haven't read that far in the Wikipedia page. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm curious to, s- to try to track who is involved in the production of this music. Uh, to me, this sort of, it kind of reminds me of like the first Alanis set album mm-hmm. um, where it's like it. Oh, interesting is. Okay. So you, you just put a picture in that's um, the champagne pouring into the glass on the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a, because they, they they did a Kim Kardashian version of this recently. That br- that's the oh, where really? the term broke the internet came from. I I believe.
0: Oh, that was explicitly referencing this photo.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, but oh. I didn't I didn't know that
0: that wasn't original. Interesting. Oh, this is all cool. There's a lot of really cool photographs. I uh, just iconic featuring um, Grace Jones. All right, well, stop distracting um, me. Stop dropping photos in here. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I
2: was trying to say is this it feels like she's sort of being talent scouted a little bit. Like they're trying to like yeah. test the waters as opposed to an actual artistic statement.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. And Yeah. It's, I, I'm really curious, like to what extent she was the driving force behind that because she had um, gotten some fame, gotten some acclaim as a model um, in the early seventies. Uh, Wikipedia says she released a series of singles, but none of them succeeded at, at all. Uh, but then she got a deal with Island Records and released this album. Uh, none of it made much of an impact except the last uh, song, which is called I Need a Man, which became a hit in the gay club scene. Interesting. And she ran with it. Um, I mean, we'll get into this more in the, in the later albums, but uh, uh, Wikipedia says Jones's live shows were highly sexualized and flamboyant, leading her to be called Queen of the Gay Discos. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would, I think that's arguably the best song.
2: Uh, on yes, this, I think on so. This album. Yeah. Yeah. Should we
0: jump into the songs? Let's jump into them. I Should think we, we can cover the them all. In fact, let's, let's, uh, you know what? I was going <laughs> to, I can't listen to the song without thinking of Justin McElroy. And I was, yeah, gonna, I was just like, going quickly... to
2: say, do you have it that queued up? <laughs> so. I wish I did. <laughs> I,
0: I hadn't done it beforehand and I quickly looked on YouTube and I couldn't see anything. All right. It's probably a copyright thing. So let's listen to Grace sing it instead. Good production, very good background vocals. I don't think this song no. needs <laughs> to be a disco song.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I don't know that much about disco, but I know that like disco and soul, it's got like a very particular drum set beat. It's got uh, strings or string pads. Mm-hmm. It's got electric guitar doing uh rhythmic hits on like octaves and not full chords often mm-hmm. uh it's often got bongos um mm-hmm. and uh those are the instrumental
0: ways to code a song as disco but it's fairly like the- up up tempo as well like i don't know yeah. many like ballad or slow disco songs
2: but cuz it, it's dance music there's more to disco than just those elements. There's also the actual writing of the music and, uh, the the melodies and the chord progressions. Um, I feel like the disco aesthetic, uh, removed from the writing style of disco is bad. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It feels really (laughs)
2: cheesy. Um, Mm -hmm especially when you're taking something that is ah, it's really delicate to try to do show tunes even Sondheim and not have it be cheesy and you mm-hmm. kind of have to have it in a specific
0: setting in order for it to be for it to be sellable uh it's a it, the thing is it's a character song and i yeah. don't think that disco lends itself i mean it, it doesn't seem yeah. like an established part of the idiom to like have a character moment in a disco song. Like a no. lot of them are about like <laughs> dancing, having a good time, yeah. get down tonight. Uh, though that's not a disco song, obviously. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird to have this like sad, contemplative, like wry song and like set it to a disco beat. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like the, the, the point of the song is like, don't bother sending in the clowns they're here because we are the clowns. We are the two of us because (laughs) of our our history and our relationship. We're clowns. Um, And you're just kind of like reflecting back on mistakes and regret in your life and uh, you know, things you you wish you'd done differently.
2: Yeah. Uh, We'll get to the other songs, but um, I think specifically the relationship of melody to harmony is is crucial to disco and i think it gets overlooked the way that Mm. melodies lay on top of harmony and there's still complex harmony uh but it's not following old jazz adjacent cole porter (laughs) song time like it's it's Mm -hmm. not show tunes um yes it's following a different set of rules that honestly just to me like it just feels like it's Uh, not white (laughs) and when you whenever you try to apply black music to like uh like black um coding to like white culture um i feel like it's it's really hard to do that (laughs) and make it sound Mm. amazing or make it sound good or passable and not just silly uh Mm. and i feel like that's
0: what's going on here um, I don't know what you're talking about, Cameron. All those like experiments in rap rock in the '90s and early aughts, like, were extremely successful.
2: <laughs> I mean, okay, I feel like Rage Against the Machine mm-hmm. is successful, but but it has something like kind of like specific to say, and it's it's kind of creating its own
0: sort of idiom uh, mm-hmm. there. It also crucially had a black person in it, (laughs) which is the difference between, uh, like them and like, uh, you know, uh, Papa Roach, for instance.
2: Oh, interesting. Is, is the, the person who is not that this is the front. I thought the front man to Rage Against
0: the Machine was white. Is that true? Uh, Tom Morello. I don't, is Tom Morello. I don't know if he's the front man. I do not know much about Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I know he was in it. Are you thinking of Zach de la Roca or Rocha or whatever?
2: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. He's the vocalist and lyricist. Okay, yeah. I think Tom um, Morello.
2: Tom Morello is black and is a guitarist, right? Yeah. I'm actually did he kind of a neophyte <laughs> to raise <Yeah>. the Machine.
0: <laughs> Me too, actually. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should cover them at some point.
2: That would be really interesting. Um, yeah, I would like. I, to,
0: I wonder how some of it has aged. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think they've had a little bit of a comeback um, in this last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, people are constantly quoting the line about some of those who work forces are also those who burn crosses. Yeah, like that's become an extremely uh, omnipresent line.
2: But um, I don't know. All that's a, all that's a tangent. All that's to say, yep. I think there's a moment where this album starts to actually get interesting, and I think that the 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 instrumentation has stayed the same and the vibe has stayed the same basically but the actual content of the writing has changed into an actual disco medium uh mm-hmm. and uh we'll get to that when we get to that but send in the clowns um will you play this intro yes i will this is quite the intro
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Here's a two against three. <laughs> it's like, are we doing Bill Withers here? Uh huh. No, I guess not. <laughs> and I don't yeah, think I mean, this hook is in off the original. So disco. <laughs> I don't think so because it's so <laughs> disco. Yeah. <laughs> like. They just made a new melody for sending Mm -hmm. the clowns. (laughs) Uh, I do think that there's an interesting moment there where if I heard it right, uh, it's doing the sort of carnivalesque clowns music in three, four, the, Mm -hmm. uh, the time signature of clowning. (laughs) And, uh, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, well, this is going to be a disco song. So we have to change into four, four. And so they add this kick drum that goes doom do against the three. So it's like um mm-hmm. maybe I can actually tap this out. So if the three is going one, two, three, one this is more audible. One, two, three, one, two, three. The mm-hmm. bass is going do 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 and then that bass kick uh, turns into the new pulse in four four because it's bass mm-hmm. two. And that's what becomes the new meter. So that's like kind of an interesting moment. uh, And arguably the most interesting moment (laughs) in the whole track uh, (laughs) until they reveal what the song is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I, I only have, okay. So some other things to say about this. She's mixed very low. Yes. Which is weird to me. Um, She's got some interesting intonation that sometimes works uh, and other times times doesn't she scoops into every single note and yeah she's singing send in the clowns not quite as bad as
0: russell crowe but
2: well yeah (laughs) but she's singing send in the clowns which is a slow song uh but she's also doing it in this sort of double time disco way which i think forces it to actually be slower even though the vibe is slightly more upbeat um Mm -hmm. the actual speed of the melody has slowed down in order for it to not be frantic when it's double time disco underneath. And um, Mm -hmm. there's also an extended disco jam in the middle of this track, like for like a few minutes. And it's not very compelling. It's there's no solos. There's not that much stuff going on. It kind of feels Mm -hmm. like they just left out a section. It's really strange. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, And then I took one more sound sample that says, this is a bit silly. I don't
0: remember what it is. Me I thought that either. I would. Because I never knew. Let's find out, shall we?
1: Send in the oh, there it is. <laughs> Send <in> the <laughs> Send in
0: See, that's pure disco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit very well with the show tune part Send of it. Send in the clowns, do ga do da do
2: ga Sand and the clowns. <laughs> it's yep. a little bit too celebratory for the content of the of the yeah. song.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're definitely right about that, Cameron.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're
0: a couple of idiots. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but they're having this sort of like church moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh so this first side of the album it's such a relief to be doing vinyl,
0: yes. vinyl albums
2: again. Cause they're short
0: seven and, song album. That's and 36 minutes, 37 round. They up. have to be
2: organized. Mm-hmm. Like their, their energy flow has to be organized. I don't think this one is particularly well organized energy flow wise. No, uh, specifically because of the two minute boring disco jam in the middle of the, that first track, mm-hmm. but they go, the tracks go right into each other. And this next one is, uh what i did for love uh mm-hmm. oh yeah it's from a chorus line mm-hmm. uh i don't have much to say about this one other than maybe play the sound sample and then all um your sound sample the general one and then there's like a a, a very egregious flat note where she scoops mm. but doesn't scoop
0: all the way up so you gotta scoop more sometimes you gotta scoop more hey!
2: She hits the notes so much lower than they need to go and most of the time she makes it up to them but it's mm-hmm. it takes a really long time and it feels unintentional mm-hmm. uh, because the note that she's scooping up from is an in-between note mm-hmm. uh, consistently right uh, so here you want to play that sound sample yeah here we go oh. that note. Ooh, wow on two <laughs> mm-hmm. that was pretty flat yeah it's pretty flat um yeah and then uh the medley ends with uh the sun will come out tomorrow <laughs> bet your bottom down yes <laughs> <laughs> just the most confounding <laughs> disco <It's->
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> she she definitely goes for the vibrato. So she yeah. she doesn't she doesn't come across as like um like she doesn't hit the ear in a grating way necessarily. Um like you know obviously she makes some noticeable like intonation choices. Yeah. Um or maybe mistakes. Uh but you know her t- her tone like is often I mean to me I think kind of pleasant and she's like throwing in like vibratos and stuff and she's obviously like singing with a lot of volume and like um commitment yeah which is I always appreciate you
2: know so something that I think maybe some people don't recognize uh who ha- m- people who haven't spent time doing musical theater like even in school um show tunes they lay on the voice in a in a very particular way um, that is easy to belt. It's easy to belt them in general, mm-hmm. but um, and and to they're designed, you know, to carry over an orchestra,
0: which mm-hmm. you right
2: yeah the but they are challenging. Uh, you have to have a certain kind of breath control. Um, if you're, you know, the kind of melodies that you write for someone who's singing and not playing an instrument at the same time, it, it, it means that you're more
0: responsible for treating your voice as an instrument. Mm hmm. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it it's got a certain like similar, uh, performance characteristics, like opera, right? Like yeah. the way you have to sing for opera. Totally. Yeah.
2: And the first half of this album And the fourth track too, which is the first track of side B. I think it's, uh, I was just like, Oh, she's not a, she's not a terrible singer, but she's not an in control singer. She's not a trained singer. She doesn't sound very good. But then when she actually moves into singing disco, she all of a sudden sounds way more comfortable. And I feel like it's because it's a different idiom and it's Mm -hmm. yeah. Singing show tunes, And singing like, uh, yeah, singing Broadway stuff is trying to showcase the voice in a way that is very revealing. If you're not ready, Um, Mm -hmm. disco is too. It's playing on hard mode. Disco is also difficult. I'm not. I'm not trying to make a comparison. I'm saying that it's harder to sing disco or harder to sing show Mm tunes than it is to sing disco. But for whatever reason, when we get there she sounds way more comfortable and like she knows what she's doing and how to use her voice as an instrument in that idiom. Um, I read in the Wikipedia that she abandons disco because mm-hmm. it's becomes not, not profitable at a certain point. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, the backlash. Yeah. Yeah. And she moves on a new wave. So I'm curious to see whether those innate skills that I heard in her disco singing, Crossover. Um, mm-hmm. Well, should we? <laughs> I, I think actually the most confounding
0: disco arrangement is yeah. this next one La Vie en Rose. Yeah, here we go. Hey, There's that vibrato. Um, her French pronunciation doesn't seem bad. I can't speak uh, to it's that. Better, <laughs> it's better than um, lots of singers that I hear who aren't native speakers of French sing French songs. Um,
2: That's yeah, a very special song to me. Oh, God. I cry every time I <laughs> sing it. I had quite a few French lovers. So every time <laughs> I sing it, I think about
0: them. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh what a badass <laughs> Hmm. um this yeah the, this one is yeah the probably like even less of a fit for disco than the other <laughs> ones it's it's just so baffling it's also seven minutes long it's maybe the longest version of the song ever recorded it's a lot long. of it is just fairly boring instrumentals like it opens with like a minute and a half of just like strumming on an acoustic guitar basically yeah um
2: i never like i don't know much about edith piaf Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: didn't she do an elliott smith song once i doubt it i mean she died in like the 50s she died in 1963, oh, that's true. so she probably didn't cover an Elliott Smith song. I would, I would just, just hazard a guess.
2: I don't know why I said that. There's like a a cover of "Between the Bars." Uh, never mind. I'll I'll look for that and see if I can find it. I don't know why I thought mm-hmm. it was Ethan yeah, be Off that makes no sense. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about this song or the history of it. I know that it's important. Mm-hmm. I know that Marion Cotillard
0: did a movie about her. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out right after World War II ended. Um, so maybe it like was riding that wave of um, sure. optimism, potentially. I mean, essentially, it, it, the title and the you know the main phrase of the song, uh, La Vie en Rose is essentially means like seeing life through rose colored glasses. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I, th- it's, it's a very, I think it, it's our most famous song. Um, I don't really know like if it's, if it's musically like was very captivating and that's why it was so popular. Um, the lyrics aren't bad. um, Quand il me prend dans ses bras, il me parle tout bas, je vois la vie en rose. When he takes me in his arms, he s- talks to me so low or so uh, quiet. That's when I see life in rose-colored hues. Yeah. It sounds better in French. Yeah. <laughs> dans ses bras, il me parle tout bas. Not not tuba, the instrument, not tuba, but bas.
2: Something I thought that was weird about this is, uh, they make some reharmonization choices, uh, specifically, uh, duh, de-duh, 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 de-duh. um, they normally it goes from a, a major one chord in, I think in the original version to a, a one major seven, um, mm-hmm. I don't have any instruments around here, but it's, it goes from Do, Mi, So, Do to Do, Mi, So, Ti. Mm -hmm. It has this sort of walk down, but um, they reharmonize it to be Do, Mi, So, Do and then Mi, So, Ti. They go to a a minor three chord, which I don't think is in the original, uh, Mm -hmm. which feels like Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) Yeah. it's this <laughs> very uh Edward Scissorhands-y kind of like dark um christmas danny music shit. danny elfman stuff yeah and which was a real dead man's party yeah in passing if they if they were just using that as a passing chord to the next chord i think like the two or the four chord g- come next but um they decide to make it into like a disco breakdown like that's like that those are the two chords that they go back and forth between in the like instrumental part you want to play that
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: the one to three yeah and I think it's totally confusing <laughs> La
1: Vianse. La Vianse. La Vianse. yeah
0: it's <laughs> mm. really weird yeah that's an odd choice. <laughs> now you it <pointed> out.
1: <clears throat>
2: um, there's a bunch of like uh, riffing, like disco riffing on La Vie and Rose on Rose. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to play that? I do want to play that. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Flat 6 to flat 7 which is basically like and it eventually resolves to one but it's like, da. it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> really <laughs> is, isn't it? <laughs> Does not fit the tone of this original song. Uh yeah. <laughs> it's just supposed to be kind of like con- contemplative and it doesn't feel like it's about rose-colored glasses, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, yeah, it really the, the tone of the song, the arrangement doesn't really fit the, the text. Um, I took a uh, sample here that says Doppler effect.
0: I don't remember what this is. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to find out.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this, okay, that is a Doppler effect. Yeah. <laughs> she was running by the recording studio. <laughs> Screaming. This is
1: the
2: point, yeah, where she starts making some interesting choices. Uh, I think because this is the first one that isn't an actual show tune, even though it's still not a disco song. Uh, There's another one that says interesting choice. I don't remember what this is.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I think that's kind of cool. She goes, yeah. mm, love, but doesn't quite, she slides. She starts on a note. That's actually consonant. That's a real note. And she slides up, but she doesn't slide all the way up on the word. Lovely. Mm-hmm. But I think it sounds cool. And I think it actually works because mm-hmm. it's not laying on the structure of show tunes, which, um, are hard to riff around because there's
0: not a lot of space
2: there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah, yeah. At that, at that point, she's also singing a English version of some of the uh, French lyrics. Uh, the life in rose, the
2: rose mm-hmm. life.
0: It yeah. It Hashtag rose life. Really. Hashtag rose life. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to that's the. Tr- uh, sorry, sorry. Let's. Listen to sorry. No, that's this, what I'm talking about. This song makes sense. <laughs> it does. It makes sense.
2: <laughs> She's not bringing down the house, but at least the content of the song and the instrumentation and arrangement actually makes sense with each other mm-hmm. and serve each other. Yeah, this is just a, and this is the first one that she wrote. Uh, she co-wrote it with Pierre uh, Papa. Diamondus papa Diamondus? uh papa Diamondus? i so
0: i just call him daddy <laughs> daddy diamonds <laughs> daddy diamonds <laughs> so yeah this um, is all about
2: jealousy
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, sorry hey, jealousy. jealousy sorry baby so sorry i was so full of jealousy <laughs> I, and then i was no good at jealousy Mm-hmm. Which I think is an interesting thing to evaluate whether or not you're good at being mm-hmm. jealous
0: yeah. <laughs> that is that is funny um nothing is never the same when you're sorry. I'm really sorry of my jealousy keeps you from knowing another side of me. He loves me too, and he's not jealous of you. That's a interesting thing to say okay, hold on,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so
2: she's saying that she's jealous. <laughs> But yeah. she's she's saying that that she is also behaving in a way that might encourage some jealousy from her partner,
1: mm-hmm.
0: from her main yeah, man. It's I, it's a bit yeah confounding because she doesn't really define who these people are. There's a you and there's a he and there's an I. Um, but it's never yeah so, maybe it's like a, spicy <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like a <laughs> bisexual love triangle. I mean, who knows? Maybe yeah. Uh, we know that she did a lot
2: of queering of, uh, she, she had a lot of queer behavior and Mm -hmm. queer coded behavior. Mm -hmm. Has she actually gone on record as saying like, I am a queer person or I am a bisexual or I am gender fluid or things like that. Or is it all sort of art?
0: I don't really know. Um, I, I didn't look into it too much. Uh, the Wikipedia section personal life um, just mentions uh, that their, her parents were strict. She, she, was, she described uh, her child as having been, quote, crushed underneath the Bible uh, and has since refused to enter, the Jamaican, enter a Jamaican mm. church. Um, then it talks about like some of the relationships she's, she's had with men. Um, and then she was in an open relationship at one point. Um, and her brother is a mega church pastor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. She, she might just be one of those folks who just never talks about it or like, doesn't, you know, um, trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound diminishing or something. Um, like it, it isn't something that she, she doesn't bring her personal life into like her public persona right necessarily there's this Potentially, uh, i'm not sure
2: there's this ebony quote about her like the publication uh mm-hmm. grace jones is a question mark followed by an exclamation point
0: ha <laughs> which is
2: great that's
1: a
0: great way to describe her
1: it's good writing wow <laughs> hmm <laughs> yeah
2: Okay, I just wanted to take a quick aside just to talk about, like, are we talking about a, I don't know, because we're we're in the age now of, like, queer baiting and the idea of, like, whether people are co-opting queer power or queer imagery in or, you know, Mm -hmm. or whether it is something that's flowing naturally from them, which I feel like is a really fraught kind of dichotomy. Yes. (laughs)
1: Uh, Mm -hmm.
2: But is worth some discussion, I think. Um, yeah, if if done delicately, uh, but yes. also, my impression is that she is very collaborative with other people who are using her physicality and her personality and her presentation as mm-hmm. a
0: part of their medium.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So there's some interesting yeah. dynamics here.
0: Yeah, I think also it's it's well before the time that queerness was tolerated let alone celebrated um yeah. and i think she was well i mean hmm. i don't know be like being provocative has always had its own rewards especially if yeah. you have you know are able to be provocative and then still be at least somewhat heterosexual um so i don't know but it's yeah you're right it's a fraught conversation we probably shouldn't <laughs> get into
2: i mean (laughs) to some (laughs) extent i feel qualified to get
0: into the conversation of all right but it is getting a little late (sighs) um do you want to talk about that's the trouble it is late we should we should finish this up there's only two more tracks yeah
2: uh do i have any sound samples for no i don't yeah let's talk about that's the trouble
1: yeah for you
2: Every man mm-hmm. I see taking every little thing so heavily.
0: I think this is a great mm. little lyric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the trouble. That's the tea. <laughs> yeah, this this
2: is about her being, um, like men.
0: Sexually harassed. Yeah,
2: sexually harassed, but also with, like, grand romantic overtures. Um
0: It's just like, she got really like, uh, uh, say anything kind of, (laughs) yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a horrifying verse to open, um, to open this song every night to take a walk on high to see the shadows of the moonlight. When this guy began to follow me and now you see that's the trouble that's horrifying yeah that's a horror movie right there yeah that's thriller (laughs) material then he took my hand to my surprise he stared so seriously in my eyes and said why i'd like for you to come on home with me still a horror movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he
2: says he wants to marry her later in a letter um Mm -hmm. and that's most of the text but you know the chorus says uh that's the trouble, every man I see. That's the trouble, taking every little thing so heavily. That's the trouble if you want to let you be. That's the trouble if you really want to be free. Um,
0: I I kind of read it as a little bit of a um a a song about compulsory monogamy. Sure, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the verses is uh he in the in one of the verses he writes her a letter which said, "I love you. Will you marry me?" and then she says that's the trouble if you if you want to let you be that's the trouble if you really want to be free.
2: Yeah. And also it's I feel like it's it's talking about this idea of who gets to be the pursuer and what is mm-hmm. the acceptable way to respond to being pursued and the emotional labor of having to be pursued and then having to make the decisions and risk disappointing or infuriating people. Um, none of that's in the text of the song, but I feel like it could be extrapolated. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that alone, I think, is is a way that she feels like her freedom is being challenged because she has to answer. This is something we talk about uh, raising kids all the time, which is just like, it's important to ask for consent, uh, when you want someone's mm-hmm. attention or want someone want to interact with someone's body. Uh, however, if you keep asking or if you're not reading the room, it it's, those are levels of consent too, <laughs> you know, that, mm-hmm. the, and those yeah. are breaches of, um, of consent. If you ask a question and hear the answer, no. And then you keep asking, um, there are situations you know where you can where it makes sense to insist on getting your needs met but uh Mm -hmm. it's really important to know when it's okay to do that and when not and when it's not and when who Mm -hmm. has the power and when and who is entitled to what and when and i feel like that's kind of what this song is about is like this man is just like you just you're just following me home (laughs) you know like you're Uh this is not the time
0: uh to be making these overtures uh Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah to to put it lightly um all right let's move on to probably the best song of the album and her first hit i need a man
1: you will find (laughs) him breathing up behind him fooling around the town all day
0: yeah i i i I like this musically i i think it's catchy um yeah i think it's probably the most successful musically for me yeah um (laughs) there's some fun lyrics i need a man perhaps a man like you i need a man to make my dreams come true say that you will find him creeping up behind him ruling around the town all day (laughs) well i'm underestimated hardly underrated can't there be another way uh, those, they're a little. It's a little nonsensical, but sure. <laughs> um, there's some kind of ABBA elements to this song. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, what what is it? The owl uh calling on the telephone or whatever that was <laughs> from that song back in the day. <laughs> Nonsense.
2: <laughs> mm. Uh I I really like this uh, Joni Mitchell style lyric here. Oh well, oh well, well, getting tired of looking, wasting all my cooking. Mm-hmm. ending in a dreadful rile. <laughs> That's, rile. That's such a good word to use there. Yeah. I, I like that little detail of, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cliche at this point, but I, th- I still think it's potent. The idea of like, yeah. how hard it is to cook for one person <laughs> effectively, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's way easier to cook for two people than it is to cook for one mm-hmm. person, to shop for two people. Mm-hmm. Wasting all my cooking. Yeah. It's just like you have leftovers and groceries that can't be used, but in yeah. order to make, a
0: meal that's worth eating the bed's too big you have the to find pans get a too bunch wide. of different
2: things yeah exactly
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah there's, there's a lot of like creative use of language and wordplay um can somebody tell me say to me or spell me why i'm feeling lonely wow ow <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah this song's fun uh, fun there's like fun slant rhymes maybe that i'm dreaming can't say that i've seen can't say they I've seen him. I think these lyrics might be wrong. These might be. Probably can't say that I've seen transcribed him. Transcribed incorrectly. Yes. Yeah. Someone understanding long enough to hand him all that I've built up inside. The man. The man. Perhaps the man is you. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, it's also an interesting thing to write a song about. Um, because i don't know there's there's a lot fewer examples of women uh like expressing their own desire in such an overt way in pop music than there are of the like men expressing their desire for women Um,
2: yeah and she's clearly talking about her sexual and romantic desire um Mm -hmm. and yeah like kind of want for a partner um Mm -hmm but not talking about security or finding security or, or value. It's about her Mm -hmm. desire, not being desired, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate.
0: Yeah, me
1: too.
2: Uh, I have some uh, music theory stuff to talk about in this. Oh
0: yeah. 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 So let's go to the corner.
2: The verses are in the minor key. And the choruses are in the parallel major, which I don't know what key this is in. But like, let's say it's in C minor in the verses. It's in C major in the chorus. Uh, so I took a really mm-hmm. long sound sample, but it's start, starting in the verse, going to the chorus, and then transitioning back into the verse. And I think that's necessary in order to talk about what's going on. Um, so you can hear it go to major in the chorus. And I'll point it out. But then there's this also really lovely moment in the chorus where there's this like violin uh, line that is still stuck in the minor mode, so it, it becomes mm-hmm. sort of this like blue moment in the chorus mm-hmm. where it's using minor notes in a major setting. So uh, I, I don't know. I think there's some cool harmonic tension here. Let's let's mm-hmm. listen to this big old sound sample. Let's take a look. Also bongos. Now, major,
1: and then I won't be feeling lonely knowing I'm the only
2: one. Mm-hmm. There's the minor violin part. Very conclusively major here. There's the minor. Mm-hmm. And here it goes back into the instrumentation being minor. And the, and the melody. Um, yeah, I think that's clever and engaging. I like the little hints of the minor in the major section. Uh, yeah, uh, it's very dramatic. It's very. I will survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I'm curious to know what the breakdown of the writing is. Um, it says Grace Jones is the has the ingenious at least the first writing credit, and also in Wikipedia, I think, in the writing credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious if did she write the chord progressions. Mm, uh, that's uh, interesting. Did she write the melodies? there's definitely like Mm -hmm. some decisions made here uh, that feel like they're engaging with music theory in a prescriptive way, as opposed to just a descriptive way. Like to me, like making this kind of choice feels like something that you have to know what you're doing in order to decide to do it. Um, Because Mm -hmm. the type to me, I think Um, so I'm curious. Yeah. Who made that decision? to write the melody that way did she have a basic melody that was sort of punched up or did she have all this there and this is what she was hearing Mm -hmm. and then they wrote around it um
0: i don't know i have no idea i don't know yeah (laughs) we'll never find out (laughs) oh there's a music video here i wonder oh interesting oh it's just it just shows the album cover it's not Stop pretending that's a music video, genius. Genius. Not so genius now, are you?
2: Uh yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Take me out of dining, watch me while I'm smiling, baby it's a waste of time.
1: (laughs) 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 Words to live by. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
2: Um yeah, the first the the beginning of the song is is talking about her friends and her community trying to make her feel less lonely. And it's not going to work because she needs that D. (laughs) She needs the
1: D. All
0: right. Well, we'll be back next week with Fame from 1978. Uh, In the meantime, you can find us at uh, website. Uh, You can tweet us at Topia's Podcast. Join the Discord. The link will be in the show notes. You can also support us in a couple ways. Um, You can go on Apple Podcasts, uh, write a review, hit the stars, spread the word, tell people about the show. Uh, bring us new people. Uh, we're transforming this podcast into a cult and we are telling you, you all have to go out and proselytize for us. This is youth and, group. Uh, you
2: get like a pizza party. Yeah. If you bring a friend
0: to youth group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a pizza party and they get a bad time. <laughs> uh, um, you can also kick us a few bucks. Help us keep making this show. And you'll get access to all of our bonus material, which includes a weekly mini show called what's in the box weekly. This was kind of a, a big mini show, a maxi mini. Uh, we min maxed it. Uh, we talked about was just the French dispatch. <laughs> yeah, it was just a show. Uh, cause we only talked about one thing cause we had both experienced the same thing for the first time in our lives. We had seen something together and wanted to talk about it. Um, so we talked about the French dispatch, the new Wes Anderson film. Um, the other thing you should do, while I'm telling you what to do and ordering you around now that you're in our cult, yeah. you should listen to Cameron's oh, other podcast, yeah. which is called Get Up in the Cool. They just released a freaking Christmas episode with the Hog-Eyed Mans, yeah. and it's great. How many, how many other times are you going to get to hear Christmas music played on fiddle, banjo, and friggin' dulcimer, and banjo ukulele at a certain point, too? Uh, it's also full now that's video a winning episode. combination so you can watch it on
2: uh my the cameron Dewitt youtube or on the Ooh. get up in the cool facebook page and uh i found like <laughs> a last minute uh uh like clip art border of like holly <laughs> leaves or mistletoe or some shit <laughs> it looks terrible that's awesome <laughs> and i put it on the whole thing <laughs> uh, so you should go I check that. that out uh i put a lot of work into that full video episode that's the reason why we're recording on a thursday night instead of tuesday because video editing is Mm -hmm. hell uh so Mm -hmm. go watch it or at least go listen to it because there's i think it's a lovely thing that happened that i was somehow able to (laughs) preserve visually and audio auditorily and uh hawkeye Mm -hmm. man it has insisted that they want to come back every year for another holiday episode, <laughs> even if we mm-hmm. have to record it <laughs> in West Virginia in the middle of uh in the dog days of summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The one time where we're in the same area at the same time. hmm So anyway, go Virginia. go watch that or listen to that. It's a good time.
0: Yes, please do it.
2: Some, gr- all right. some well, great an- North Carolina deep cuts is all I'm saying. Mango mm. Sneed, Baird Ray
0: marcus martin all the big names yeah you know them.
2: you names. know them you love them all
0: your favorites <laughs> well thanks for listening y'all until next week i've been nathan hunt and i'm daddy diamonds and i've been camera to it and
2: hashtag rose life <laughs>
0: bad man uh is she on the list of bisexual she's on the list of bisexual people on wikipedia um along with wikipedia angelina jolie
2: a list of all bisexual people
0: <laughs> of all bisexual people yeah it's
2: problematic <laughs>
0: <laughs> making a list checking it twice uh, You've gotta yeah, find
2: out if you're world. bi or not <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, there's some deep cuts here. Um we got uh Cary Grant. I didn't know he w- he swung both ways. Thought he was just gay. <laughs> Alec Guinness? Yeah, I thought he was just gay, actually. Just gay. <laughs> That's <laughs> he's only gay. <laughs> we're 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 going the other way and we're going all the way towards gay erasure. <laughs> Have a taste of your own medicine. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a joke. That's a joke. In case you put it in the episode. just
1: joking, Catherine. <laughs> just joking, Catherine Hepburn.